Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a talk about the Empyrean Restoration, sort of my review. We're hearing some feedback, we're hearing some criticism, and I wanted to talk to you guys about it and give my sort of review of the event as a whole. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, and if not, you're on YouTube, you can always hit like, share, subscribe, and the little bell button. So, the first thing I want to do in this talk is speak to the criticisms. I was actually kind of surprised when I got online, uh, started my stream on the 12th, lots of people were sort of hitting their higher uh, contributions and donations to the event and they were starting to utter some criticisms and some frustrations and it kind of took me by surprise so I wanted to kind of speak to those I do want to try and summarize their criticisms and complaints I don't want to I don't want to denigrate them and talk down about like oh it's not that big of a deal just deal with it I do think there are some lessons to be learned here for Bungie but by and large I kind of want to respond to some of these criticisms that I don't necessarily think are exactly fair of the event itself I do want to talk about how Bungie listened. I, I, I see significantly increases and in improvements between this event and the Mars event. They did seem to listen to a lot of our, our feedback and a lot of things that we said. And then I want to end by saying, you know, seasons are going to typically probably end this way. So let's provide some feedback on ways they could improve and continue to make these events more enjoyable for all players. So first criticism that we're hearing a lot of right now is it takes too long for big investments or big donations. Uh, and I and I get where people are coming from. If you have very, very high totals and you're having to stand in the tower and you're having to buy the four frames or seven frames if you're doing the perfect paradox, that does take quite a bit of time. It is a huge time sink. My comeback to this frustration is it's not exactly normative within the contribution levels of the community, the play hours of the community at large, for people to be having hundreds of thousands of fractal line to contribute. You are sort of swinging for the absolute fences you're going really really far beyond what most folks are probably doing Bungie really pays this in a way that if you get level 11 on all four obelisks you're going to get 4600 a week that's close to the 5000 you need for the the, the emblem and somebody did the math the other day and they said if X number of million people give 5000 we'll hit it And I'm sorry 12,000 they said if this number of million people give 12,000 we'll hit it well three weeks of people getting 4600 and dumping it right back into the tower is going to put a lot of people right above the 12,000 mark so if you're in that whale category you are a 1% player you, you've got I mean hundreds of thousands you've been maximizing you're really really going for it you do have to understand they couldn't legislate to that extreme you also have to consider that they tried to be generous with this event you do get guns every every four contributions you know every 400 those frames are auto completing that was a way to make this more rewarding than the previous one and because of that that is legislated and structured and and sort of managed from a logistical standpoint for the community at large not necessarily folks that are going to be standing there with hundreds of thousands in addition to not just contributing the hundreds of thousands you're also wanting to get that return from your investment on getting those frames which turns into legendary shards there's a lot of people who have also uttered the criticism of we're going to complete it anyway this is a total waste of time Bungie's not telling us the end goals because they're going to let us hit it no matter what they're not going to not let us complete it this criticism I think is probably one of the more bankrupt ones I do empathize and sympathize with people that have really really high totals of Fractaline but I don't really resonate folks who are being sort of down in the mouth cynics about it they're like well they're they're not going to let us fail I mean I I don't think this is a valid criticism it's a fun event it's a rewarding event and you can kind of see the and you can see the progress in game 
which I think was a really really nice change and now it's like an animated symbol here with you know with only two more uh, symbols to go two more hash marks to go and then lastly and you know certainly not nearly as common stop telling people how to play there were some folks that decided to go on subtweet rants about this and others I saw tweeting about it as well talking about community leaders shouldn't be telling people you know how to play the game that's a complete misread of what's been going on myself and Sweatsigle and Chevy and Glad and Clyde uh, and even OBKD sent out a tweet this morning warning people about they were telling people like hey make sure and don't have too much like more than like 710,000 or something everybody's just trying to be hey this is the best way to maximize invest 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 and I think Bungie's leaning into the meme they're t- they're telling everybody to donate we're pushing back and saying no invest invest like it, it's it's creating that element of like there's a team invest there's a team donate there's team Tangled Shore there's team Mars you know people are picking planets that they want to contribute to I just think it's a fun way for people to develop an allegiance either for a planet or investing or donating no one's actually lecturing anybody on how to play the game or trying to become a dictator in, in any sense of the word uh, the, the sideline subtweeting and the, and the and the weird pot shots from people that barely play the game anymore is just very strange to me I don't really know why some of those folks continue to make the statements that they're making it just isn't helpful by and large I feel like the community has rallied around this event and have had a lot of fun with it and that's why I want to talk about Bungie listened I know people like to turn this into a meme like we're listening Bungie listened I actually really want to show you that they did in fact listen very very significantly from the last event to this event number one we wanted it to be tied more into the seasonal content instead of just going to Mars and killing Hive or running a Nightfall tie it more into the content and they've done that you're actually grinding the bounties you're contributing to the obelisks on the planet you're getting lots of drops you're getting armor from the season you're getting drops you're able to get the weapon frames as well they really tied it into the seasonal grind and the seasonal content significantly better than last time make it more rewarding was one of the things people said last time instead of making me do all this stuff and then just giving me an emblem make it more rewarding they made it ridiculously rewarding you're going to be buried in loot by the end of this even if you approach us from a more casual standpoint it is a very very high ratio of drops you're getting that fractal line if you're dumping it into the towers or you're donating and you're doing the frames you really are going to be ending this with a lot of weapons a lot of chances at god rolls and subsequently probably getting a lot of your legendary shards back if you're like some of us who have been seeing Mr. Spider a lot show us progress inside the game or inside the tower that was another piece of feedback that we provided during uh, faction rally and during the last community event and even during quarters of time people thought something in game would have been a little bit cooler quarters of time it probably wouldn't have worked for you know the nature of how they built it and how the puzzle solving went but they did listen in this respect they said you know what we're going to put a hologram on the tower that updates there's a little thing in the director that's animating and changing as we fill it and they really did decide to give you know a more live event feel to what's going on with the community challenge so I really want to make sure that we remember how much things change I think a lot of times when people get burned out on the content they start to gloss over the quality of life improvements and the things that Bungie have made better and they only focus on the things that are frustrating them like well I'm tired of standing in the tower and pressing this button and I'm bored and annoyed instead of being like this community event is significantly better than the last one that they did they really listened to a lot of our feedback and with respect to that, I think it's it's more enjoyable because of that. 
Uh, lastly, let's talk about it is going to be a season ender, and we should probably try to provide feedback because there does seem to be some things that could have been improved upon. Okay, this is just likely how they're going to end the seasons. Season comes to an end, you're down coasting, you spend a couple weeks doing some fun community challenge with the community, and they turn up the generosity so you get lots of drops as a nice crescendo send off uh, to the season. So that's just something we're probably going to become accustomed to doing, and I think that's probably a smart move from Bungie's standpoint is to get a little bit more capital out of the season. They don't have to add a new activity. They don't have to add new anything. It's a seasonal thing. And to be fair, adding a new activity or a new loot grind suddenly at the end of the season might not land that well on the community because they'd be like, I don't have that much time to interact with this. There's only a couple weeks left. This is probably the smartest way for them to end every season. I do think scaling it for more hardcore engagement would be a good move. I know that that is tough. Uh, If you want it to feel rewarding and you're getting a drop every four donations, there wasn't really a way for them to scale this so that it was more enjoyable for somebody who's donating hundreds of thousands of Fractaline because they're giving a gun, or, or actually a pile of guns, every 400 Fractaline that you donate. Now, the only way you would have been able to scale that for a hardcore player while still keeping it rewarding would have been to space out the rewards. Oh, well, you're only going to get a reward every 1,000 Fractaline or something like that. If they would have done that, you end up robbing and sort of shortchanging the middle of the pack, the more mid-lane players. Players. Not super hyper casuals, but the more mid lane hobbyist players would feel like, well, now you've really stretched this out and it's it's more designed for the hardcore player. By and large, I don't think this season was hardcore, leveling all four obelisks, getting level 92 on the season pass, going for extra perks on guns, going for god rolls in the sundial. None of that was none of that was a, a casual endeavor. It was a significant amount of hours that went into that level of grind. It is scheduled and paced in a way that by the time you get to the end of the season, if you are a little bit more casual and more hobbyist, you are going to feel like you got your money's worth. If you're hardcore, you're going to kind of get to the end of the road a little bit quicker. And the same thing happens in a challenge like this, a community event like this. You're going to be at the tip of the iceberg. You're going to be in that 1% that has absurd amounts of Fractaline. And it isn't necessarily going to be logistically structured for you. Bungie should try. They should try to consider that perspective these are your more dedicated players they put in more time they play significant amount of hours and you don't want them to end every season feeling like that was a button mash grind of of monotony you don't want people feeling sour at the end who are your most hardcore players i don't have the answer i want to consider that feedback try to respect it and say maybe bungie could have some consideration for folks that are along this uh, this 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 spectrum when they're that way but if you if you stretch it out too much and you make it too much legislated for the hardcore player it doesn't trickle down very well currently it trickles out very well it just doesn't trickle up very well for the more ardent hardcore player overall I think the Empyrean restoration has been a cool event and hopefully when we finish it it brings what everybody thinks it's coming from the data mine and Trials of Osiris is warmly received they gotta make a lot of changes to PvP hopefully before that as always we're gonna transition now to Q&A if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube You can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my review of the Empyrean Restoration. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, or if you're on YouTube, hit like, share, subscribe, and the little bell button. That helps me out. We're going to try and get into this as fast as we can, keeping the Q&A sessions a little bit shorter, and we are going to be watching the Outrider stream today. Yes, I'm better than you with the first question. With less and less people playing, at least from my POV, do you think it's weird that Bungie can just lie about reaching a donation goal 
thoughts uh, was this a joke i think that's a joke question we were joking around about joke questions earlier where people would like basically assert something negative and then say thoughts so i, I think that's one of those joke questions so we're gonna glide right over that one uh we'd still netted a million players yesterday right on the heels of some pretty bad maintenance crucible seems to have rebounded a little bit into the 500,000s, but still over a million players overall for the day which is still pretty good in february uh no less I Nandy, off topic, do you think there would ever be a season of the Raiders where Bungie starts to bring an update of how the endgame works? Well, you're not going to get a season for like raid content or season of the endgame or something like that. But what I do think they'll probably do is an Age of Triumph era like they did in D1. I, I don't see why they wouldn't do that. You have Leviathan in two raid layers with static rolled gear. You have super not impressive gear in Last Wish, other than ex- in an exotic, and then you have Scourge with like again, not nothing that amazing. So they could really go back and give some some facelifts to the gear, ornamental things for all the armor, you know, bring back the use contest modifier or something. So I would I would say that an Age of Triumph could show up. That's not going to be a season that you buy though. I wouldn't think. To, to charge for. I also don't think they're going to do a season of the end game or a season of the raids or something with a bunch of raids or a bunch of end game content. That's not going to be the best strategy. They seem to be targeting the majority of the player base, not the minority. And I think part of that is because they know the minority uh, will probably continue to play, uh, even if they're even if they're getting bored and kind of taking breaks. They still play at a pretty regular clip, and then the majority is such a large, large chunk in the middle. They want to keep those folks happy. This content just isn't designed to be substantive endgame. Uh, it is endgame, but it's not super substantive. It's not challenging. There's not lots of depth to it. It's it's hobbyist, you know, get us through the gaming drought style content, which is better than nothing if you look traditionally about what they've been able to offer with their bandwidth, even when they had people helping them. I would say we're we're in a they're they're actually doing, I think, a pretty pretty admirable job considering they've lost bandwidth when you compare it to times where we had droughts in between DLCs or uh, substantive content that that wasn't that long lasting. So next uh, question from a bit of support community events in the future will more than likely continue to grow in many ways. Are there any specific directions you would like them to take with these kinds of events? I I don't have like a laundry list of changes. Like when I looked at this event, I thought they did a very good job. They tied it to the seasonal activity of the bounties, sundial, earning fractaline, and then that fractaline is is woven into it. And then it's very rewarding. You're getting lots of guns. You're getting lots of drops, and they're tracking it in game. It kind of checks all the boxes of kind of what we wanted a community event to feel like. It's not just random out of left field, go kill hive on on Mars and run a nightfall. It's woven into the season. And it's not just, oh, get an emblem at the end. It's super rewarding during the event. So I don't have a a laundry list. I don't have a laundry list of, oh man, they really need to do a lot of things differently. I do think they could have given a little bit more consideration to the hardcore player, the people that are going to have thousands upon thousands of Fractaline. Could they have done something to streamline some of the donations and some of the contributions? Um, I certainly think they could have, they, they could have, they could have made some considerations there, but it's very, very difficult for that to be legislated to. It is a minority, and I don't know how they could have done it, because you're getting guns every 400. Giving the option of doing it and not getting guns would likely have been criticized anyway. Oh, oh that's great. I have 100,000 to donate, and you're allowing me to do it faster, but if I do it faster, I don't get guns. Like It would have been one of those kind of, you know, you're darned if you do and darned if you don't situations. 
I'm better than you. You think it's healthy for people to spend all their resources for a cause that's all but guarantee uh, could be damaging for the less hardcore? I don't think so. Again, I think I think people are overthinking this. It 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 is just literally an event that taps into what people were already doing. They were already doing it. They were already playing. They were already doing bounties. They were already earning Fractaline. And now you're doing it, watching a total go up, watching something change in the game, and getting rewarded during the, during the event. Hot Cup of Nasty, that's a name, will Brother Vance be booted from being Trials NPC? Will it be Saint? I think Saint's very likely to be the NPC for trials based on some of his dialogue during his one mission he says two for one uh he says um you fight like a caged animal a lot of his statements during that one rescue mission really really sounded like crucible commentary statements like you know two for one and you know you fight like a caged animal it's like that that's not that doesn't make as much sense it makes more sense in a pvp environment and you know a two for one wouldn't be happening a bunch in trials i mean against a pretty weak team maybe but a lot of times you're not going to be getting two for ones like really really quickly uh so but it didn't make a whole lot of sense it's like i just killed two goblins and you're saying two for one like are you freaking kidding me uh his whole setup in the tower is trials yeah and his setup is very very decorated by trials of osiris you know sun decorative elements that we're, we're very familiar from the past our Argon, Argon Nebula. I understand that not being able to fail the community event is not a problem for the Empyrean Foundation, but could Bungie introduce a community event in the future that, depending on a choice as we as players make, makes an interesting, lasting, but not world-shattering change in the game? They did this with faction rallies, and people just kind of shuffled from one faction to the next to have one faction win the next and the next and the next. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if they need to go much further than that. I think that was pretty good. It was... The, the faction that won got the exotic or the catalyst or something. I can't even remember how they did it. But we all gravitated, I believe, towards the the Graviton Lance first, and then the Sunshot, and then the Sweet Business. Was that the order that we did it in? We basically... It, it was clear which ones people thought looked the coolest, and we went for the catalysts in order. I believe it was in that order. It was Graviton Lance, then Sunshot, then Sweet Business. And you know, outside of that, I don't I don't know if we need to we need to do anything much more elaborate than that. You got to be careful because people are just trying to have fun, man. They're not trying to turn this into like turn playing a video game into feeling like you're buying a house. Like you really got to commit. You really got to make the choice. This is going to be a serious there's going to be serious consequences here. I think that's about as far as I would take it the way they did with factions. I would love factions to come back. They need significant improvements. I think a uh, um a hybrid of factions from D1 and factions from D2 are are the would be the best the best way to approach it you know the best of both worlds kind of a situation where you're 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 not just booting everything from D2 that we've had and you're also not just doing a carbon copy of factions from D1 blueberry gaming According to an Instagram post by Bungie, 54% of people are investing. Do you think if all those people decide to donate now, we could hit tier 6 and possibly tier 7? I know that like Dylan is trying to convince people to start donating now. I, I don't know if they genuinely are going to allow us to hit it early. Why, if, if they were going to let us hit it early, why would you not show us some of the final goals? If they were hiding the final goals to kind of make it more of a... Oh, if there's a mystery, people will pay more attention to it. It might have been more simple than we were making it. Maybe they didn't 
um, maybe they weren't making it uh, this way so they could like move the goalposts if they needed to. I do think they wanted to have that as like a just in case situation though, just in case the first couple of goals happen and then the last couple are harder to hit or people slow down or whatever. They're you know they're going to be able to change those goals mid midstream if need be. Um, I I don't know. I don't want to overthink it though. To me, it's not that big of a deal. I don't think hitting it early matters or hitting it late matters. I just th- it's. I think they're just leaning into the community dialogue about it. People are like invest. Other people are like donate. You know, Team Tangled Shore, Team Mars, like I you know Team EDZ. I just I don't know. I think I honestly think they're trying to make it so the shard economy isn't so ruined. Yeah, they want people to end it, but they, so then you don't have any or something. Either way, I don't know. You, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna stop people from going crazy. You really aren't. Even if you tweet and convince a handful of folks, most of the folks that have been really really going heavy on investing are not gonna stop. The doctor shabby. With the time loss bounties being easily farmed this late in the season, do you think it would have been worth rotating weapons we- um, every weekly reset? The bounties seem to serve more as a material or XP farm, or do you see it as more of a means for the casual player to catch up? It's meant to kind of land on everybody, I think. Casuals can catch up. Mid lane players can be like, you know what? I-, I I didn't I didn't have a chance to get a god roll yet, and now I'm getting a really really generous set you know amount. And then hardcores can go crazy and just get buried in loot. Um, it seems kind of designed to to help everybody. It doesn't seem like it's a just for the casuals to catch up kind of situation. I think they were considering the whole spectrum of player uh, when they set this up. As far as, you know, should they have trickled out the weapons or had the weapons rotating? I do think they could have benefited from not having all the weapons available the first month. It could have been one weapon per obelisk. The saint ones, you know, because like on the one saint, you had the auto rifle and the sidearm and you could have, you could have had one weapon. So for the first month, it was just the auto rifle on that particular obelisk. So you could have been going for the auto rifle in the sundial. And then, and then in January, you could have rolled out more weapons. They seem hesitant to do that sort of thing because it is seasonal content. They don't want to keep things too staggered. One of the dilemmas with how they built this content is they have to front load the season so no one can kind of gripe and complain about, well, you didn't add XYZ encounter or activity or loot until late in the season. If you do that, then folks are going to be like, I didn't have time. You took too long. By and large, it feels like the first month is intended to be the rollout of everything. The rollout of the bosses, the rollout of the guns, and then the rollout of the difficulty. And they did wait for a while to bring Inatam, but again, Inatam wasn't a huge shift. Inatam unified all of the Scion bosses into one boss fight, which again isn't a limited thing. It actually is helpful if you missed getting one of the bosses that were rotating each week. So I I understand that when we look at it from a more dedicated player base perspective we're thinking you guys could have timed some of this better you could have made changes you could have done this you could have done that i genuinely think that the players that are that are putting in a more medium amount of time are who they're really targeting think about it think about it from a perspective of a of like a of a of a seesaw okay if they favor the hardcore players too much the seesaw just slants in that direction and it has a really hard time trickling uphill to the more casual player they're like i'm never going to get any of this stuff done 
And if they go the other direction and they boom, they slam the seesaw and they cater to the bottom 10 and 20% players, the, the real, real casual players, that doesn't trickle up very well either. It's like the more hardcore players, like I am freaking done way too fast. If you balance the seesaw out to where they're focusing on the mid lane player, that trickles out and fans out in a more healthy way. It trickles out in a more healthy way. It's like, I'm more casual. This isn't that bad. I, you know, this it's more targeted at a more mid-lane player. I'm a more casual player. It's going to take them a month and a half. It'll take me about two months to get it done. And then the hardcore player's like, this is more targeted at the hobbyist mid-lane player. I'm, I'm done in a month, you know? And people are upset I didn't do a food analogy. Sorry. The, the idea being that like you have to see whatever amount of hours a hardcore player puts in has to trickle out and scale to the rest of the community in a healthy way if it requires a hundred hours to do something you have to understand the hundred hours to that hardcore player is going to trickle down into the rest of the community and take a whole lot longer the hundred hours that it takes you so if you're playing you know, six hours a day and you're playing seven days a week, you're going to hit that 100 hours a whole lot faster. And then somebody else is like, I'm playing 10 hours a week. I play two hours a night, Monday through Friday. I'm playing 10 hours a week. It's going to take me 10 weeks to get that done. That's the entire season practically. So if you see that seesaw as you got the hardcores on one side and the casuals on the other, and if you slant too much in their direction, the content and the amount of hours required doesn't scale and fan out to the rest of the community in a healthy way. When you target that fat, meaty center, there's so many more people in the community in the middle, right? 30 to like 70%. Their engagements are in the, you know, three hours a night, you know, maybe a little bit more. And then as you scale up five, six hours a day, and then as you scale down, one to two hours a day, it's a lot easier for that to not feel so mismatched. Oh, this is so casual. Oh, this is so hardcore. That's why when people said this season was so casualified, I really took issue and I've continued to push back on that. The obelisk grind, getting to 92 on the season pass, caring about an extra perk on the guns, going for god rolls, in the amount of drops you get when you've maxed all the obelisks and stuff like none of that was wired for geared for or targeted at a casual player it simply wasn't it simply wasn't a one hour two hour a night player looked at that and they're like that is gonna take a while and I think that that's fine but I definitely don't think you could look at it from a casual perspective and be like man this season is just built perfectly for me it really isn't it's more built for mid lane players because I think there's way more of them I think there's way more mid lanes than hyper casuals and there's way more mid lanes than hyper hardcore the reason thoughts on having some seasonal content via community events instead of having the content drip feed for example 10,000 sundial runs unlocking an obelisk instead of having it launch on a set date Here's the thing. I, I don't I don't dislike this as a reason. The only problem with this is if you make everything dependent on community involvement, it'll start to really it'll turn the community events at the end of the season into white noise. Oh, here we go again. We gotta follow some tally on Twitter to unlock this thing. We already did that at the beginning of the season. We already had to sit here and watch all the things go up to unlock each individual like I don't I don't think you want to do this too much that could be there is a such thing as too much of a good thing there is such thing as too much of a good thing 
and if you if you go too far in one direction you're gonna really really make people feel like is this all we're doing now is watching little tallies you know go up saving it for something that's more like a community event at the end i think is better um i like where your head's at though like oh instead of drip feed we could really push hard and unlock obelisks early yeah do, do you really want to do that? You want to give that power to the community? We already play like crazy. We already put in tons of time. And to, to literally... <laughs> to speed up the delivery of content in the season by playing more is a really, really dangerous precedent. Because people already play an absurd amount of hours and they go so crazy that they get to the first week of January and they're like, yeah, I'm bored, there's nothing to do. If you empower them to unlock stuff even earlier by playing a lot, I think you're creating a very, very much that's a compounding problem they're playing too much and running out of content i've got an idea if they play a lot and they really really pour their time into we'll trot out the content earlier like that that would make an existing problem probably worse a9 do you think an event like this they're creating divisions between the community invest versus save are a good way for bungie to feel out the community for future content something like dark guardian faction versus light guardians I don't know if it's as rigid as that, A9. I don't know if they're really going to get a measure for player sentimentality, light guardians, dark guardians. I, I don't know if I would take it th- that to that extreme, but I do think it creates this fun sort of... It's cool to be like Team Tangled Shore, Team Mars, Team EDZ, Team Invest, Team Donate. I do think that creates very, very, I would say innocent versions of brand loyalty and tribalism in the community i do think tribalism and brand loyalty can be leveraged in a healthy way i've given this example before twitch rolled out a feature and they called it substreams i thought it was a terrible name it's sh- it should have been called like i don't know pay it like pay-per-view pay-per-view might be trademarked but it should have been structured more in a pay-per-view event-based uh, style of content instead of a sub stream or oh you got to be a sub to watch my idea was you could have like head to head nights where doc disrespect would would do a competitive thing against shroud and in order to watch that event it would be pay-per-view it wouldn't be sub only it would literally be five dollars to get in you know tier two subs could get a discount tier three subs could get in free or whatever and you have this event going on you got to pay to get in and watch and you could have had event-based emotes. So Twitch could load in global emotes for the event so people could choose a side. And the reason I said that was I thought it'd be a really, really good idea to leverage the brand loyalty in a fun and healthy and more innocent way than the nasty way it can get sometimes. Brand loyalty and tribalism can get can get kind of nasty. And this would be a more fun, lighthearted, who can get the most kills and wins for the night? Shroud or Doc, have a scoring system, have them talking trash, have someone shoutcasting at me, and then you have the you have the, the community coming in and you're leveraging their brand loyalty in a really cool way. You can do similar things in Destiny. It's like team this, team that, team invest, team save. It's innocent, it's lighthearted, no one's being nasty about it. I know there's people who are like, people should be donating or investing so we can unlock Trials early. Come on, like, not really. They're not going to do that. Trials is launching in Season of the Worthy. They're not going to push out Trials early. So, I would say that it's it's just fun. It's a fun, lighthearted thing. I don't think they're analyzing player behavior that deep. I don't think that they're being like, oh, we can have Dark and Light Guardians now. I... I really don't think so. I, I think it's it, it is more meme. There, it's like a meme, right? Stonks, and they're tweeting out the images, and hashtags are being created. It's generally just meant to be fun. 
you aren't getting on Twitter, people get really nasty. Here's the problem I think people make. I'm going to scroll back so I don't accidentally skip a question. Here's the problem I think people make in general. And this is, I'm going to zoom out and really give you some social commentary right now, okay? When people focus on the negative, you give them such an undeserved platform. I see so many Twitch streamers go off on tangents and rants, and then all of their colleagues go off on tangents and rants. There'll be one brain-dead idiot who makes an ignorant statement about quote-unquote booby streamers. I hate that term. I don't endorse that term. But you'll have one ignorant moron send out a tweet or a video about quote-unquote booby streamers. One one moron, one two brain celled Neanderthal idiot makes a dumb statement, and then everybody wants to retweet, lambaste them, preach about how awful that is, and oh, this is so terrible. And it's like, you're giving a platform to idiocy. Idiocy doesn't have a platform until you give it one. So stop giving it a platform. I think the same thing happens in gaming communities. You see little, little negative Nancy complaining morons with two followers going off and saying nasty, mean things and trying to. Tr- and instead of just ignoring them because they're nothing and they don't matter you give them a platform you reply you get in an argument with them people get retweeted and then all of a sudden everybody's like people are getting so nasty about the Imperian restoration no they're not a couple of children are are wetting the bed on Twitter and you're giving them a platform like ignore these people they're fringe they do not matter Idiocy does have a platform. I said, idiocy does not have a platform until you give it one. We can choose to and to not give platform to this sort of thing. And I'm telling you right now, most of the threads and things I've seen, most people I've seen talking about it, they're having fun. They're 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 getting in little spouts about like I'm gonna donate, I'm gonna invest. I really really think the minority, the minority is getting nasty, and you really really don't want to give give footing to them. Everyone matters. They just have a different opinion than you. No. No, if you're going to be toxic and nasty and mean, you don't matter and I don't have to listen to you. I don't. You're fringe and you don't matter. You're nothing. Seriously, you're a zero. If that's your contribution, you're invisible to me because my life is too full of things going on and I've got too much to do to give table to some nasty, toxic person. I d- no, you're invisible to me. You don't get to take up space in my timeline or in my brain. I don't pay attention to it. I really don't. I block accounts like it's nothing. That fast. No worries. I don't need to listen to you. You're nothing. You're nothing. I don't have kid gloves for toxicity. I don't care. Now, if you want to say I don't like the event. I find the event disappointing. I don't block people like that. I engage people like that. I have conversations with people like that. I let them submit questions to my Q&A. But if you're going to be toxic and you're going to be nasty and you're going to be mean to people, I don't have to pay any attention to you. You're inconsequential. So I think if more people, if more people took that attitude and stopped giving platforms to ignoramuses when they talk about streaming or ignoramuses that get nasty in chat. The example that I've always given is we had over 2,000 people here once watching this stream and we were following up a bungee stream and we were talking about the next thing that was coming out, the next DLC and how excited we were and there were literally two to three people in chat that were being nasty and toxic and negative and we had to bop them out of the chat and people and somebody in chat said, man why is chat getting so negative? It was two people out of like 2,000, you know? It's like, come on, don't let negative people dictate 
the dialogue don't let them get their hand on the rudder they don't deserve it they don't deserve it next question Mike Stortz if I wait to donate until after we hit the goal as a community will I still get the triumphs the goal being hit by the community should not limit your ability to get triumphs or donate you need to make sure and do this before the season ends though it's not like they're going to suddenly say oh we hit the goal you can't donate anymore oh we hit the goal your triumphs are done everything is related to the end of the season so you don't have to worry about like oh no if we hit the goal I won't be able to donate or I won't be able to get my triumphs as long as you do it before the season's out the season's over you are totally fine Argon Nebula. Lono, I've heard you talk about the state of weapons at the moment uh, and that having multiple god rolls of a weapon type is a bad thing. I mean, I said it's a bad thing. Uh, Surely this is better than having no god rolls, which makes the player feel powerless, or having a god roll, uh, which takes away the player's choice. By having multiple god rolls, the player still has choice between a few weapons that make them feel powerful. Is that not the best option? This is a bit of a misrepresentation of my position on this, but I talk really fast and sometimes I don't nuance and qualify things. When I have talked about how at the moment I have 10 god roll hand cannons I've not said that's a bad thing I have said that hurts loot incentivization it's really hard to motivate me to chase a new hand cannon when I am holding 10 god rolls I got a kindled orchid I got an I got a uh, I got an awestringer I, I can't even think of them all I have so many I have so many different versions of hand cannons right now that are all some semblance of of a god roll. I think we counted them up the one day and I legitimately had like 10. It is very, very much difficult and challenging to motivate me to chase another god roll hand cannon. There's only so many things you can do within the archetype of a hand cannon. They reload so fast, shoot so fast, and shoot so far. That's Within that mechanical and mathematical constraints of a hand cannon, yeah, service revolver, jack queen, king, spare rations, so many. I have so many. That was the point that I was making. I am I am for and in favor of loot pruning of some sort. Loot pruning has more benefits than negatives. People overstate loot pruning big time and the benefits I think far outweigh the negatives. If you're super motivated by loot and you have 10 god rolls and they do some form of a loot prune, you're going to keep chasing loot. There's very few people that be like, that's it, I'm done, I'm never playing again. Now, I think the absolute best method of loot pruning is one that is done by the player. Armor 2.0 is probably the best example of this. Armor 2.0 landed in Shadowkeep and you, on your own choice and of your own volition, chose to loot prune. You got rid of all that armor that was pre-2.0. If they do something similar with guns, you will willingly prune your own collection of stuff. Now, you might keep some just because they're too good to get rid of, but by and large, you would then feel this motivation to, this motivation to chase and get the new thing. That, in general, is one of the challenges in Destiny. If they respect your grind too much and let you keep everything, you have what you have now. A bloated, stacked-to-the-rafters loot pool where I have an unbelievable amount of god rolls, right? Because they're respecting my grind, they're not taking any of them away, they're not limiting them in any respect. The very least, when Shadowkeep rolled around, they could have said, all new weapons now have a slot for the artifact and a slot for the mod. So I would have been slightly like leaning towards, like, oh, I'll use my subjunctive sub, uh, submachine gun because it can run anti-barrier and minor spec and major spec. Like, if it could run two mods at once, that would have been a soft push toward the new. If you never ever do this, you will. It is unavoidable. You will run out of spec 
space within the brain of the player. It's like, wh- why am I chasing new loot? I have so many good guns. I, t- I try to tell people, I said, if they never prune the loot pool, it, it like too much loot, too many god rolls that you get to clutch forever, it will dilute and harm loot incentivization. You're not really motivated to go chase anymore. And it's happening. All you have to do is read feedback from the more ardent, more hardcore players. Just listen to the way that they talk. I don't need any more god rolls. I have plenty of god rolls. I don't need these weapons. I have so many great weapons right now. They're literally saying sort of what I said was going to happen. I know people get tired of me saying that I'm right, but it's it's just unavoidable. It's really, really tough to stay motivated to chase stuff when you have, you're swimming in a Scrooge McDuck vault of weapons. So, and you know, I'm joking, but who needs 10 God rolls when you have a midnight coup for five years is the reason loot uh, pruning should happen. Well, right. I, and truth be told, as good as, the, as good as the midnight coup is, the Genesis chain effect has certainly happened. There are some hand cannons that feel really cool. They're not better, right? They're not better than a midnight coup, but man, they feel really, really good. I would say Kindled Orchid would be a perfect example. That gun just felt crispy. Ostringer sounded like a D1 hand cannon. I loved the sound of the Ostringer. I love the sound of the old-fashioned. So sometimes it doesn't need to be best in class or even better in class. It can have the what I call the Genesis chain effect. We remember the Genesis chain. We used and loved the Genesis chain because it was unique and cool, not because it was best in class so I do think that, that the that the the midnight coup got unseated for a lot of people because you know Ochi saying Jack Queen King with demo dragonfly I love that you get a nice dragonfly multi kill and you see that grenade bar fill that is re- that feels really good that's like oh, oh man let me go you start popping heads and get big groups of people dude you will really have good grenade uptime with a good demo dragonfly hand cannon it feels nice but, but eventually you're going to get to the point where there's not much more they can do within the realm of that archetype and within the realm of perks. I've continued to say elemental perks are the ticket because they can do more things like Dragonfly that make the gun feel cool. Focus, focus Firefly on the Genesis chain as an example. But even that, I think you're going to just start to run out of room. How many hand cannons do you need? How, how effective can you get at killing trash ads? Midnight Coup and the Ostringer and a Kindled Orchid and a, and a Jack Queen King are all doing pretty much the same thing. You're killing trash ads with with almost the same level of efficiency, so it feels like a lateral upgrade. You're that's another thing that I think people forget. You can't have an ever present vertical upgrade. You you can't. It's not possible. You can't always have a more powerful hand cannon or a more powerful pulse or whatever. It's always going to be, to some degree, a lateral upgrade. You're going from one hand cannon to another hand cannon, and they're largely doing the same job in different ways. And if you come to grips with that, then I don't think loot prune would feel so frustrating. I, I don't know. It's, it's difficult because you're asking people who are motivated by loot to let go of some of it so they can chase some new. If you never ask them to do that, eventually their own sentimentality cannibalizes itself. I've been chasing all this loot. I've been chasing all these god rolls. I love doing it. Do you want to chase some more? Oh, not really. I, nothing's really better than what I have or everything feels samey. Everything feels like what I already have. Their own loot incentivization, their own loot motivation cannibalizes itself. 
It all you have to do is watch the fire team chat where I was where I was talking with Destin. You just go watch that interview, okay? Go watch that episode. Destin literally says two different things, and I pressed him on it a little bit. I love him, by the way. Love that guy. But I pressed him on it a little bit. You don't want to grind the artifact and level up the artifact because they're gonna reset it every season. They're gonna take that away from you. And so you're like, I don't wanna do that. But you also don't want to chase god rolls because you already have a bunch of god rolls. He's saying two things that are almost mutually exclusive. It's like, you're never grinding for the weapons because they're letting you keep your god rolls, but when they don't let you keep the artifact, you're upset about that too. It's like, let me keep my weapons, but, well, you're letting me keep my weapons, which means I don't really want to chase anything new. I already have a bunch of god rolls. And, oh, I don't want to chase this because you're not letting me keep it. You're not letting me keep the artifact. It's like, you can't win in that scenario. You cannot win. They either they either slightly push against and disrespect in a, in a nice way. Like, oh, you chase all that stuff. Okay, it's not as good as the new stuff. If they don't do that, your your present collection of god rolls ends up working against all the new stuff they put in the game. When they do take stuff away from you, and they do reset it to try to keep things fresh, and to try to give you new experiences, people complain about that too. You know, people complain about that too. They're like, I, I don't, I don't want to do this. So, they have to give you a good reason to let it go, which goes back to my initial point. A self-initiated pruning by the player is the best way. Armor 2.0 got us to do it, and hopefully Bungie can get us to do it again. If they can't get us to prune the loot pool, they're going to have to do it, and then people are going to get ticked. But when they can when they can get you to do it on your own, the way you did with Armor 2.0, that's the best scenario. That was a really long answer. A bit of support. Armor 2.0 seems to be a bit of a grind. Uh then weapons with how plentiful weapons drop uh, in seasons right now. Any thoughts on why armor isn't nearly as grindable? Should they give us an armor frame system? I've actually talked about this quite a bit and how I don't have a strong um, I really don't have a strong answer to this because armor is in a bit of a quandary armor is in a bit of a quandary because and the reason it's in a bit of a quandary is if they give you too much volition over armor they're really really going to corrupt all future armor drops one of the reasons i think that they're trying to keep things in a more controlled way is that every season they can slightly improve the armor as they go because presently if they gave you the ability to just keep every season getting the absolute best armor with tons of volition and tons of intentionality it could potentially create the problems that we were just talking about like oh i already have tons of god roll armor i don't need anything new i also i also don't think that bungie has a particular and firm grasp on what they want to do with the armor i feel like they turned a lot of knobs and because they turned a lot of knobs the armor system's kind of all over the place and because it's kind of all over the place they're they're still finding their way when you turn like 20 different knobs you're I, I do think I do think in turning those knobs they created a lot of things that now need to be sort of addressed like like the elemental affinity are they ever going to let us change it maybe let us change it one time like I've suggested so I'm going to continue to try to tell these questions like I've thought about it I've come up with a couple of suggestions but I really don't have a strong suggestion on what to do with armor because if you suddenly get completely decked out and stacked to the rafters because of armor frames you have great rolls on everything I got a couple really really nice rolls today for example Um, and that was fun to celebrate for example I got a really good solar one right here a solar I did not have a solar I actually got a good void one too a better void one than I had I had I, I didn't have a good solar helmet yet for my hunter (laughs) 
and I got one with good, with really high recovery and discipline and strength. Everything else kind of doesn't matter to me, so I was really excited about that. Same thing here, recovery and discipline are 19s. That to me is a great role. Recovery and discipline are like two of the most important things to me, and I was like, oh, that was really exciting. If they would have given me armor frames earlier in the season, then it's unlikely you're going to drop good armor in my lab. I'm going to get I'm going to get a good roll on arc, solar, and void, and then I'm going to be done on each piece. Now that does take a while. I'm not going to deny that that would be a pretty significant grind. But I think Bungie's biding their time a little bit, uh, a little bit with, um, uh, a little bit with the way that they've the, the way they've set it up. I think they're I think they are kind of slightly. Uh, slightly biding their time. Pixel Pusher says, how do you think a season-long community event like this would go over? Um, I could get behind a season-long community event, but I wonder if it would lose its punch. I wonder if it would lose its punch. And the example I would give is... I'm going to make a parallel to something that might seem kind of strange. Whenever you watch the Seinfeld uh, sitcom one of the best sitcoms in history you really enjoyed characters like Kramer and Newman but you enjoyed them in small doses they have more comedic punch when they show up in a more rhythmic fashion if Kramer was if it was an entire show with Kramer then you'd get kind of sick of him or you, he wouldn't be as funny he'd be funny but not as funny you'd be like oh I'm kind of getting sick of Kramer or a whole show with Newman it wouldn't have been as funny. The comedic punch starts to lose its its potency because you're hearing it too much. Uh, an example that I would give you is Borderlands, the pre-sequel. When I played as Handsome Jack's doppelganger, I actually got sick of Handsome Jack's voice. One of my favorite, one of my favorite characters, and I kind of got sick of his voice. People always wanted Tiny Tina and 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 and, um, and Torg to become playable, and I'm like. I don't know. I think their comedic value and their punch would go away after hearing headshot sucker. Like for the 1000th time, you'd be like, I'm sick of hearing tiny Tina's voice. So in a similar, in a similar vein, I wonder if the potency of a community event like this would really start to get diluted and sort of be ignored or not that exciting. If it was stretched out over three months instead of stretched out over three to four weeks. I don't disagree with the intention of what you're saying. Maybe they could do something. Um, maybe they could do something with, um, you know, how I've said, like update the NPCs to have a seasonal rank, and they could have weekly and daily and seasonal objectives. Maybe just give it to more. Maybe it's a more personalized thing that you're working on. You have a season-long objective that you're trying to achieve on a particular NPC, and you're contributing to that seasonal objective by doing daily and weekly objectives. That's kind of like triumphs, but maybe again, make it a little bit more present and in front of people at the NPC. Um, that might give the spirit of what you're talking about without diluting a community event. Next question, Bird Hunter. Uh, what are your thoughts on the event compared to Corridors of Time? To me, this event solved my issue with Corridors of Time. Any single player has the ability to participate without needing the assistance of other players. This seems like the perfect community event to me. I give room, I give room and space for lots of different, um, lots of different community events. And to me, I felt like Corridors of Time was unique. It was a, it was a thousand person fire team, and that made it unique i also think this is a really really good this is a really really good event as well because 
everybody as you're saying everybody can compete so i actually don't think that these two events are opposed to each other i believe that they can coexist i actually think that's a smart play by bungie you do something that is pretty unique and specific and obviously driving people to twitter and reddit and and twitch streams and stuff and it's a it's a thousand it's thousands of people in one fire team working on the same thing and people that felt like it wasn't inclusive enough or whatever it's like well the next thing that comes around is 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 like oh well this is basically for everybody you know participation at 6 billion i feel like a piece of sand at the beach i do think there are people that take that 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 line of thinking that t-funk saying too a lot of folks took issue with quarters of time but you definitely felt more woven into it imagine being one of the people who they had the needed bounty they had the needed puzzle piece that we didn't have that's a lot more significant than like I'm a grain of sand in billions um, but again somebody on the side is like this is way easier for me I can boot up do my part and I see the hologram in the tower like I said I think these can coexist and that's exactly why TV. Do you think that there will be uh, the tier 7 donation goal this week if everyone donates? They, Dylan seems to be indicating that we can do that because they probably know internally how much Fractaline's in the game. I'm not listening to him. With respect and love, I'm not listening to Dylan. Invest in, and wait to donate. <laughs> if anything, it's fun to frustrate them <laughs> and make them not get what they want. I don't know. I, I'm, very, I'm, I'm very anti-authoritarian, so if you tell me to do something, I probably won't do it thankless work a bit off topic but i was wondering how you felt about the transparency bungee show with the tweet and the explanation for the repeated downtimes i thought it was very respectable other people in the industry thought it was very respectable it was like this is actually really admirable to let us see the one guy was like oh was it rami who was like it's amazing how much duct tape it takes to keep games together and it's amazing how much duct tape on top of duct tape is sometimes needed to keep games together and it was really cool for bungee to let us see and, and get a glimpse of their duct tape i thought that was it was a pretty cool take from him duct tape um you know to say this is this is a bit of an you know an inside glimpse an inside look at at, at uh you know what goes into games and what can make things fall apart and break uh so i liked it i thought it was cool that they did it i thought it was free given the uproar from the menagerie loot rollback how does bungie craft future events that reward less than the crazy obelisk weapon dump well I've continued to say that I feel like this is when your dad catches you smoking and he makes you smoke a whole pack of cigarettes and you get sick of cigarettes. You vomit and you're like, I don't ever want to smoke again. I don't even want to see a cigarette. I think Bungie's being super, super generous and having people get guns in the tower to give you a taste of something that actually isn't that great. It's not that great to get tons of gun in, guns in the tower and you're going to get sick of it. You're going to want to get guns to drop from an, in, in, an event. You're going to want to get guns to drop from an activity. You're not going to want to be standing in the tower farming for god rolls after the end of this season you're going to get sick of it I also think they have plans to prune the loot pool and they have plans to get us to kind of leave behind our guns and so they have no problem dumping tons of guns in our laps like yeah that's fine get as many guns as you want it's all going to change in September is my my opinion and my theory Uh, Sepsicle what's your favorite exotic at the moment Um, I don't use it as much as I probably should but the anarchy is really really cool Um, and when it's arc burn I really really like using it I've always been a big fan of the 
overall like all all the weapons i've always been a huge fan of sleeper i think it's one of the sexiest guns they've ever built i love the sound the feel the lore behind it everything Warmind, everything wrath of the machine time like i love all that stuff i love the feel of all that stuff the siva the Warmind, the the angular and the triangle just and the, the outbreak prime outbreak perfected is also i think one of the best weapons they've ever designed the sound the look the the feel how crispy it is there's there is so much there the design teams behind both those weapons did something very very special in my opinion the the way the sound of the outbreak prime and the outbreak perfected that that sound that tightness that electric tightness and the and the ads and the way the the way the 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 rounds from the pulse are all nicely tightly grouped and the the look of the weapon and the little siva mites they just there is something very special there really a very very special very future weapon feeling and i think one of the reasons i feel that way i feel the same way about cold heart and prometheus lens I love trace rifles, I love fusion rifles, I love linear fusion rifles, I love the outbreak, because they feel like future weapons. I get really tired of running around with a hand cannon and a shotgun. They're really effective, but it's like, I've been playing shooters my whole life, man. Give me weapons that, that are that are space magic, I, you know. And then, look, hand cannons, I agree with Sir Demetrius when he said hand cannons are like Halo's BR, the battle rifle. That's, that's what hand cannons are to Destiny. They just feel so good as a primary weapon. I agree with I agree with Sir D. I think that's true. I think hand cannons just feel so dadgum good. But it just feels nice sometimes to put on the space magic future weapon that's shooting beams of light and making things go boom. Uh, I really do. I really like that. And those are the weapons that always I think have always stood out to me. Argon Nebula. What are your thoughts on the seasonal artifact since they were reintroduced in season eight? Most of the mods are useless. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to the end of the question. I talked about this yesterday. If you want to go see my my sort of like drawn out thoughts about this, you'll probably get about a three minute flyover of me talking about the artifact and how I think the glimmer perks need to go, the champion mods need to be applicable to all primaries, and then they could free up those slots to do far more interesting mods that are more like the tenderizer or the the one that gives you grenade and melee energy from using shield piercing. I like stuff like that, you know, getting heavy from finishers and stuff. I like stuff like that, that sort of capstone my uh, they kind of capstone my build I like that more Johnny Cat what's your favorite thing about Destiny what keeps you coming back I kind of just touched on it there's just I and I touched on this a while ago too when people were talking about games like Warframe and, and other games uh, we were talking about Warframe and Anthem and Division and Destiny and the thing that Destiny gets so right is that the most mundane thing feels so cool so the content loop is always really enjoyable and and at some level kind of addicting so when you play a game like hellblade or god of war the content loop of combat kind of is you're doing it all throughout the game and it does get better and more elaborate and you're doing more things but when that content loop is really satisfying you can put in tons of hours in a game like that destiny is very similar but the thing that destiny gets right is Meleeing a thrall, popping the head off of a drag, throwing a grenade, and launching a super, that you're doing that so often, and it always feels cool. So even if I'm doing something tedious or mundane, like looping a lost sector, or running a strike I've run hundreds of times, I feel good. It, it's, it's very, it's, it's satisfying. There's something about it that it's, it's like, if you really like bowling or fishing or something, 
it's it's kind of the same thing every time, right? Oh, I got a really good cast, or oh, that was a really good strike, or you know what I'm saying? The, the, the experience within bowling or fishing or any other sort of hobby activity like that, the, the experience doesn't have a huge amount of variance, but when the core elements of that experience are super satisfying, you can do it for hours and hours and hours. And I think that is something that Bungie has absolutely nailed. So many other games fail to do that. If just shooting a trash ad and chucking a grenade and popping a shotgun in the gut of a big enemy, if that always feels cool, then you got a really, really good good formula on your hands. I think his name was John Hobson, was the, like the head of their player testing. He had a PhD in, I think, behavioral brain science. And they basically studied and looked and analyzed the psychological response to the gameplay of of Destiny in its inception of Destiny 1 and they really really pressed on how many times can we make somebody run a strike and can it always feel good can it always feel enjoyable and I think they thought about that at every layer I think in about 20 years it'd be really really cool to see a documentary on Destiny as a game because in many respects it's it is a peculiar and anomalous game there's something so interesting about it the way that it has survived so much criticism and so many mistakes and 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 bad bad launches like it is and it is very interesting as a game if you really think about it you really strip away the passion and the the hate and and the people that get angry and the people that are called shills and apologists you strip all that away and you really just zoom out and you look at destiny it is a very very interesting game there's not really any other game that has done what this game has achieved I think a lot of other games would would do well to study that element that if you're going to send me on a mission or a little a little errand and those errands and those missions are circles that I'm going to rerun over and over and over again. Here's a little circle. Here's a bigger circle. Errands, bounties, strikes, missions, raids, nightfalls. The circles are all different sizes. But if no matter what circle I land in, that that gameplay loop is just super satisfying, then you're going to get me to play for thousands of hours, and I'm not even going to really be able to quantify why. I'm just like, just, I like it. It feels good. You know, why do you spend all weekend fishing with your buddies or going hunting or or you know working on your model trains? Like, why? Why would you do any of that? That's so weird, right? Yeah, they enjoy it. They can paint a little figurine for just hours because there's something very satisfying to certain people about that type of thing. And I think that's what Destiny gets right. <clears throat> it's just the most mundane thing is so satisfying. I don't know what I just did. Um, oh, okay, there we go. Uh, Shattery Obeek. Do you think Bungie should have uh, shown the amount of fractaline per stage of everything? No, I don't think that was needed. Um, Jinja. Do you think the Tower Obelisk might stay in Season 10 due to it being a beacon of sorts? Yeah, we've talked about that because if you go to Light GG, it seems like it's going to stay and maybe that's how they'll keep the weapons and the weapon frames in the game. Um, I think there's a possibility that that could be uh, the route they take. Um, so that it doesn't, it doesn't suddenly become like a, oh, I've, I've got a, <clears throat> I've got to wait for those guns to come back in circulation. They might just leave them. I think that's one of the challenges of the seasonal content right now is they, they may, they may start to feel like 
okay, too many weapons are leaving and then never coming back. And the tower obelisk um, could, I think, solve some of those problems. MB1138. I know you're not a huge fan of PvP. I know you're not a huge PvP guy, sorry. But there are, uh, are there any maps that you would like to see return from D1? Seems like that they really leaned into the past uh, two seasons. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not familiar with a lot of the map names and a lot of the maps that I remember have come back. Twilight Gap uh, and then Widow's Court were probably the two that I remember the most and then Burning Shrine. I think those are the three... I remembered the most, and then there's there's um, Crafty's favorite one. Uh, Jesse's favorite map is the small one with the big thing in the middle that spins. Oh, it's a small map. Dad Gummit, he loves that one. Um, yeah, Exodus Blue kind of had trash all over it. It was I don't think people that one with the trains and stuff. Yeah, Anomaly. Thank you, chat. Anomaly is a pretty memorable map. I think people loved Anomaly. Um, for trials because it was very it was just it was kind of a, it was a rumble man it was everybody everything was very close together is very a lot of corners a lot of corner management uh people people seem to like anomaly outside of that i don't have a ton of familiarity with the maps to say much more than i just did and are cuz uh, 120,000 invested. Should I donate next week or should I continue farming? 18th is when we're going to start donating. Uh, apparently, um, you can apparently you can do investing. Um, apparently you can start investing an- for another week. Somebody was saying like the math checks out. You can do investing for one more week or something. But yeah, I- I'm just going to continue to go with the original advice: is start donating on the 18th. <clears throat> flying mangoes do you think they will have future events be as generous as this one and should they consider adding even more factions or fractions of the generosity activities throughout the game I don't know if they'll ever do this again be this generous it could be another another they, they could do it every season again as just a way to kind of send off like hey it's the end of the season it's a really great time to get those god rolls if you haven't gotten them yet Brad Juju how long do you think Bungie will keep making Destiny games in general? I love the game, but I hate to think of a day without it. Well, according to my Destiny 3 speculation video, I think that they're envisioning handing the series off into the next game, Destiny 3, um, in 2022 uh, or 20. 20- 23 and then they would build on that i think that they're trying to get themselves to that point and then they would continue to build off that um so for me i would say that would put us at least for another at the very at the very very minimum four to five more years we're at least getting to like 2024 according to the dry erase board in that one video we're at least getting out to 2024 I would think even further than that. I don't think that they want to let go of this franchise anytime soon now that they're finally in control of it. I think they're doing what they did with Division. Division used Division 1 as like a... They use that as a, let's do and figure out all these things, and then that'll be our framework for the next game. I think they're doing a lot of that now. So that Destiny 3 can land and be sort of like the true Destiny launch and framework and foundation that they've always wanted to build. That this is all theory, but that's kind of how I think it's going to shake out. Princess says, "Um, 
Would it have been better if after each tier we got a small story mission with Saint to encourage people that already have their god rolls or don't care trials for, for returning to donate? I don't know if you want to do this for a community event. Um, I don't. I don't disagree with the idea of like, oh, give us something else to kind of like motivate us. I think loot's a pretty strong motivator, and so I don't know if they wanted to stack a bunch of story at the end of the season. They seem to like to do story and front load at the beginning. Yanks fan was six months. That is a purple badge. I'm a working lurk. Love the stream. Thank you. My cousin Vinny just got a red badge. That's a whole year of subs. Welcome back. Uh, Nuck says. How would you feel if Bungie let streamer and content creators uh, for the game have custom emblems or shaders that they could give out to people if they followed or subscribed like Warframe? I think this is one of the worst things that developers can do. I dislike it very, very much. I don't like streamers getting viewership and and subscribers and attention because a because a developer says go watch them if you want this in-game thing. If it's if it's fair across the board. The way they did the Twitch Prime thing, anybody can use their Twitch Prime sub and get the... They don't even need to use your sub, you just need Twitch Prime. Or the way they did it with Borderlands with that, uh, the overlay. Anybody could run the overlay, and if you were watching them, you could get drops, but you had to be paying attention. I think that's the best way to do it. Rainbow Six Siege did something similar. Um, I, I think Ann, I think ammunition is great. I have a lot of respect for her, but she was one of the people. So I'm going to use her name as an example. Go watch ammunition and you can get this cool in-game trinket for your gun. I really don't like that. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's good when a developer reaches into a directory and fiddles with the flow of viewership. That makes me really uncomfortable. A sponsored stream and early access to me is different. Those are events. Those are they're momentary and you don't have to watch that person you can wait it's like if you want the in-game trick trinket you have to watch that particular streamer it makes it makes me really uncomfortable i'm not a big fan of that i also am not a huge fan in destiny in particular of like i wouldn't want my logo in destiny i i don't like that destiny is destiny we have destiny lore we have all kind of things going on in destiny with the different manufacturers and logos and stuff so I, I'm, it just, I'm not a huge, I'm just not a huge fan of that. If you're going to do something, feed the whole directory, allow the whole directory to benefit from the thing's existence. Like the Borderlands extension that was designed by the same guys who made Dim, Destiny Item Manager, was available to everybody. So I didn't need to be on the Borderlands stream team because I wasn't. I didn't need to be on the Borderlands stream team to take advantage of that, right? Um, I think Gearbox went a little too hard. Like they did early, early access. They had homies playing that game a month early on Twitch. I wasn't a huge fan of that. You want to do a day or something? That's fine. Um, there was a lot of hubble, uh, hullabaloo. Is that the word? There was a lot of hullabaloo, uh, and a lot of like tension about the division promotional streams they did this week because they, they sponsored folks like Dr. Lupo and Dan's gaming. And they primarily targeted these guys because they're very, very big streamers. Uh, by and large, the bigger streamers tend to get the good treatment, and a lot of people, I think, really made them look themselves look not so great. I don't think your brand or your platform looks good when you complain on Twitter about that sort of thing. I know people felt like they needed to stand up for themselves. I actually think they hurt themselves in the process. So, I early access and sponsored streams are part of the business. They're a part of the way things work now, and and generally, the bigger the streamer, the more perks they're going to get. It's a rich-get-richer situation. Suck it up, cupcake. That's the way that the world works. Um, But, if you're going to reach in and say, hey, 
people that love Destiny, if you want to get this cool in-game item, you gotta watch Say No to Rage. That makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that. I also don't like, oh, go watch this streamer and earn in-game loot by sitting in chat and and you unnaturally inflate numbers and viewership. I also don't like that. It needs to be something... Again, I think the Borderlands extension was the best because you had to be paying attention. It wasn't passive. You had to be paying attention and, and, and try to win the loot and it was not super... Con- it was very inconsequential. You might get something good, you might not. And and it was available to everybody. Um, the Twitch Prime drops were stupid. Directory drops were much better. We need more people in the directory. Like I said, I think the extension's a, a pretty good way of doing it. You could have done something with the sundial like, hey, all week long, guys, the extension's going to be giving drops to folks. And when they pop it open at the end of the sundial, you can get a drop too, right? And if Lono, you know, if Lono gets a god roll, you might get that roll too or something. As long as it's available to everybody and it's not super passive. The Warframe thing was hyper, hyper passive. It was such a false inflation of viewership. And I don't think that that's healthy for the directory because there's two, the, the, the highs are too high and the lows are really low. Um, I think directory health is better if, it fo- if, if, it's, if it's growing and fostered by something that's community driven. I mean, look at Corridors of Time, for example. Corridors of Time brought a bunch of people to the directory and a bunch of streamers that typically weren't getting a whole lot of attention. They were getting a whole lot of attention. And then the rest of us that generally sit at the top and get really good views, um, we, we benefited pretty good from it. I, I'll admit that. And there's been a bit of a momentum afterward. There's been more people in the directory. My viewership's been trending high I'm seeing other people's viewership trending higher as well. Leopard's been doing, uh, Chevy's been doing well. I'm seeing people uh, kind of benefit from the momentum in the directory. So, I would say the, the the viewership and the and the support or whatever for 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 the directory does I think go up and is a little bit more sustained. Um, is a little bit more sustained when it's or it's organic. Um, and so. I think quarters of time was a good example of that and an overlay that does drops, but you have to be there and paying attention is the best format. I don't, if it's just a, if it's just a, I'll all of a sudden I have 5,000 viewers cause you can get drops just by sitting in my chat and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be paying attention. You don't have to interact with the extension. I don't think that that's healthy for the directory. I think it's very, very unnatural growth non-inorganic and unnatural growth just isn't healthy for directories look at the directories that did it and look at how in a shambles that they are Um, if it's more community driven then you're giving me a sense of if I'm here interacting with the streamer or this thing I am being I'm getting something for that or there's a chance I get something for that so now you're creating something that is a little bit more sticky it's like they're more tethered to the idea of watching a stream instead of being like I just hung out and then when they weren't doing drops I have no other reason to come back so next question from Whitlow preface I'm a pretty frequent D2 player do you think we will still be able to donate Frackline after the season going into the next no, when the season's over, th- th- you're not going to be able to do it anymore. You're not going to be able to do it anymore when the season's over. Um, that's the way that they've set it up. I mean, if you if you look at how they've set it up, as soon as the season's over, you're 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 not going to be able to contribute anymore. So, if if you wait until after the season's over and think you're going to be able to continue to contribute and you get really mad, you aren't paying attention. They've made it very very clear this is something to end the season with. Um, so. 
uh, Schuler Red. How can Gambit become more appealing to the community? It seems like everyone hates it. I don't want to get into a big how to improve Gambit talk. Um, it appeals to roughly the same amount of people every day that play raids, so it does get engagement, but since it's match-made, I don't find its engagement very impressive. Um, I expect a six-man non-match-made activity to get lower engagement. Gambit is a four-man match-made activity that gets roughly the same engagement as raids. So, I, I don't want to get into this. I think there's a lot of things that are, is doesn't work for Gambit. And whenever we get into the talk, it just turns into a, a long, long back and forth about, it's all about invasion, it's all about wall hacks, it's this gun's fault, it's that gun's fault. It's, I think there are there are lots of problems with Gambit, and you're not going to fix it with one one quick uh, one quick thing. I went through Fine on RN, and its ETA is February 28th. Excellent. Senior from you. Um, yeah, I ordered one for my wife. Um, X-Terminal. When do you think we'll hear from Mara Sov, and what do you think she'll have to tell us? I think Mara Sov and... Um, Aldrin are going to be kind of in the background until some more significant things happen, potentially with Sabathun, uh, Dreadnought, kind of a thing. Cruxley, despite curated roles not always being the best of the best, do you think with the season events and loot pools they could give us casual players something to chase? I feel like it's better incentive than to do random god roll as defined by Reddit or YouTube. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of room here. Curated roles are dangerous, okay? And here's how they're dangerous. Let's say they create a curated role for the the machine gun, the steel feather, and they make it ridiculously good. Maybe they even make it to where the curated role, it's the only way you can get a certain perk combination, and it's just, it's god tier, okay? If the curated role is too good, you're just bringing back static roles to a certain degree. Because then it's like, I'm going to go until I get the curated role, and when I get the curated role, I'm done. I'm done. So you got to be careful with curated roles. Curated roles can be like a passive form of static role, where the only role that matters is the curated role. Now, it's not as bad as static roles, because you can be like, I don't really care to get the best of the best role, I'm just happy to get the gun, and I prefer these types of god, uh, these types of roles, and I got one. Okay? So, random roles is still kind of there as nice cushion, for variants within the weapon pool and people not feeling like, you know, I there's no point in getting, there's no point in, in even playing. I can't get the gun to drop. Because static rolls, it was like, no gun, no gun, no gun, no gun, and then you finally get the gun. At least with random rolls and god tier curated rolls, you could get the gun and experience it well before you get the curated roll. But again, you gotta be careful. If you make the curated roll too good, you're creating a, a, a passive version of static rolls. The other thing you got to be careful about is you completely invalidate all the other random rolls if you make some ridiculously insane god roll curated roll. I think curated rolls belong in raids, personally. God tier synergistic perk curated rolls belong in raids. So you can get the gun and you can experience it and enjoy it. But there's this Fatebringer Genesis Chain-esque drive to keep coming back each week. This is again where I think they need to bring Contest Modifier to raids to allow us to grind for you know, non-powerful drops so I can keep running the raid you know, more, than, more, than three, more than three times. I think they need to do that. And then there would be this element of I, I have to... 
let's use the the gospel as an example the hand cannon from the garden of salvation raid that's got the solar burn if there would have been some curated role that was unique it had synergistic perks it had a unique role that you can only get on curated that would have become like your fate bringer and it you know low drop rate but then you give me the opportunity to run for non non powerfuls. Now you can get the gospel and you can enjoy that gun and use that gun because of random rolls. And if you decide you like it, you're like, I'm really going to go after the curated. They're almost giving you a sample. And, you know, walking around at Costco, people love my food analogies. Walking around at Costco, they give you the sample. And you're like, this is pretty good. I want the big one now. I want to buy the big bag, right? I want the God roll. I got the sample of this gospel hand cannon. Feels pretty good. Feels pretty saucy. And the curated roll is unique. Genesis chain unique, right? It's you can't get this perk combination anywhere else. That's where I think you know curated unique roles belong. I think they belong in the raid. And I think if they were to do that, it would bring back the element of aspirational content having aspirational loot because it hasn't been in the game ever. It hasn't. We haven't had raid-worthy drops except for the exotics in a long long time. All the raid weapons are basic and have their match sort of elsewhere. So that that's my that's my feedback on it. You got to be careful with the seasonal content. If you do that, you're undercutting all those random rolls. I think it works in a raid because that's that's the way raids typically were. There was you know Genesis Chain was a static roll. Fatebringer was a static roll. I think it's okay to have that combination of random rolls, but the curated is the best in a raid. You start doing that elsewhere, and you're gonna again. I think you're gonna passively bring back that that feeling of static rolls where. I'm going until I get the roll and then I'm done and you kind of invalidate random rolls if you're not careful Simon Bold Uh, should we expect more and diverse type of community events like this but with better change of the actual game world I I don't know exactly how to answer your question it seems like they're going to do these every season as a season ending event Animus Control aside from the limitation on Fractaline donation are there any glaring issues with how it was implemented ultimately my talk was a pushback on that criticism as well as some of the other criticisms that I think are pretty bad I understand where people are coming from who have tons to donate and they, they find it you know frustrating mundane or irritating or tedious or whatever I get that and I do think they could be maybe more thoughtful about that in the future but I didn't have any major issues with it at all no T-Funk. Taking ideas from other games, Bethesda is doing a performance patch overhaul. They've taken the game and they've cleaned the code to help improve performance and load time and reduce patch size. Do you see Bungie trying to do this to help console players as well as the dev team? I don't know if it's even possible, T-Funk. I don't know the architecture of the game. Um, I'm not familiar enough to comment here. If they could do it, it'd be great. I think the bigger question is can they even do it with the, with how long the game's been out and 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 how old you know the engine and the architecture is you know is that even a possibility i don't know executioner i know guns tend to come first but do you think bungie could do, have some armor bounties along with yeah we already dealt with a question about armor bounties and generally i think armor is in a bit of a conundrum and a quandary bungie seems to be biding their time to maybe sort out armor and they don't want to empower you to get it, every god roll, every stat thing that you want. They're not really empowering you to chase armor right now, and I think it's probably intentional for some reason. Animus Control. Do you think there's a reason Bungie didn't give us time-loss armor bounties? Just like the last question, we've already dealt with that. Irish Plague. Have you thought that the possibility of this event unlocks something other than Trials next season? I find that very doubtful. The data mine seems pretty locked tight. Shattery OB. 
Do you think Bungie left the hardcore players behind this season? It seems like you could wait to play anything till the season until the final three weeks. Incorrect. No. Hardcore players are getting the biggest return of investment uh, these final weeks because they've been contributing and grinding and saving their Fractaline all season. So, no, I don't agree with this take. Uh, it's very, very non-casual. It's Now, listen, it's friendly. Casual friendly doesn't mean it's built for the casual. It's definitely nice for the casuals to be able to kind of catch up these last couple of seasons. But it's far more rewarding to the hardcore player. G- uh, Green Giant. Do you think after we unlock the last rank, there will be some sort of event, cutscene, or activity to introduce these trials? Uh, or tease trials. There's a quest. There's a quest. This is another data mine. It's not necessarily a data mine. It's been a glitch that, that shows up. There's a worthy quest that we're going to unlock that more than likely will take us somewhere that will be the establishing of the lighthouse and will be. it'll make it very clear that trials is coming. Uh, I couldn't agree with that more. I spent the entire last month of the season grinding and I'm not an investor because I don't want to do the same bounties I've been doing all season. Right, like a lot of people are, 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 are taking their foot off the gas pedal. It's built in a really good way. You can go crazy, you can go mid lane, you can go super casual. You can really engage at your, at your leisure. Wrinkly Ninja. Have you anticipated next season having trials? What effect do you think that'll have on the community? Um, and wh- uh, a what if question, if you will. I it it's it's almost assuredly coming back. I don't think I, I between the data mine, the leaks, and the fact that when you go, to, it's literally here. I mean, the Empyrean Foundation is in the Crucible node. I, I it's it's really really hard to even even entertain the idea that it's not coming back. Um, so it's it's almost assuredly coming back. What effect will it have on the community? Um, people will play it every weekend. Hopefully the DDoSers and the cheaters get banned into oblivion. Hopefully they get, can get some good anti-cheat in place. And it'll be trials. People will say, I hate this map. People will uh, complain about the meta. And, you know, they'll do that while going flawless <laughs> and getting dope loot. I mean, that that's that's by and large how the, how the Destiny community will likely respond to a return of trials. Balatorn. Thanks for the amazing content all the time. Something you mentioned, what what is um, your opinion about uh, women or men on Twitch who feel the need to show tons of skin for views and followers? This is way out of left field. Do you feel that it takes away from people that uh, show skill in their content? No, it doesn't. Um, I'm going to answer this question because this is a pretty big misconception. Um wearing revealing clothing does not give you an advantage on the platform it simply doesn't if you are coming to twitch uh, as a viewer and you want to see a pretty woman who is wearing revealing clothing and doing cute cosplay if that's what you're looking for you're not going to watch me you're not looking for me that's not what you're looking for you're looking for a completely different product and a completely different brand than what I offer so I do not think at all to any degree that it takes away from people who show skill if you are coming to twitch as a viewer and you are looking for high skill you're going to find high skill players and you're going to watch them you're not going to be like you know what I was really looking for high skill gameplay but boobies like that's I don't now now maybe maybe but in general I don't think so I think they appeal to a sector of the viewing community and they're not a threat at all they're not a threat at all to me the idea that they are stealing viewers or they're bad for the platform um, it's a giant misconception the twitch platform is dominated by middle-aged men and 
there have been a handful of streamers who have become popular who also happen to be pretty and people like to attribute their success to being pretty i got news for you we're all in big big trouble if all you need to do is look pretty and show some cleavage because there's a whole lot of pretty girls on the platform and they all have cleavage so they all they all meet the requirements to quote unquote steal my viewers and yet somehow that's not happening the entire platform's not being disrupted by women if anything in my estimation of five years streaming and watching trends and watching what happens i actually feel like women are at a more of a disadvantage on the platform and women who are really confident in what they look like and are comfortable showing skin they also seem to be at a disadvantage they seem to be targeted for more of the negativity toxicity harassment and hate so it is a giant and ignorant misconception that showing clothes showing cleavage or showing skin is somehow a fast track to success People make jokes about the just chatting directory. Oh, it's just a bunch of girls showing off their boobs. I, maybe late at night, that's a trend. Every time I've checked it during the day, the top 15 streams when I scrolled down the one day, it was all dudes just doing different things with high viewership, like talk show, podcast, sitting in their living room. Like it was all dudes. It was all guys. I was like, what is this? Like everybody says it's just a bunch of girls. Now, maybe late at night, it changes a little bit. But again, again, they are not a threat to anything they offer a particular brand and a particular type of content that is in demand don't kid yourself okay don't kid yourself it's in demand people like to look at good-looking folks that's the nature of humanity to a certain degree if you look at sculptures and paintings and art and magazine covers and sports illustrated swimsuit edition and you know, the adult entertainment industry. It's not hard to see that attractive people are in demand. So just deal with it. You and, and again, in my experience, a lot of the times the people that are really, really successful who are also attractive, they're successful because they're entertaining. I've seen plenty of very attractive people that are about as entertaining as a stump and they don't go anywhere. They don't they don't climb the ladder. They don't they don't suddenly have some big stream because they're pretty. That it, it takes way more than that. If you're going to capture and keep an audience, you got to be hardworking, skilled and entertaining. So if you want to try to like denigrate the success of somebody because they're pretty or they're attractive, you don't really understand what it takes to grow on the platform. So I generally don't like taking questions that are out of left field or or not or not in not in the 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 topic but this gets thrown away this gets thrown around all the time and um i just think it's such a such an ignorant misconception and i don't appreciate especially as a as a dad and a, and a husband and i got a little girl i don't appreciate that i i actually am very excited about the fact that the industry is changing because in 10 years in 10 years it's going to be more normative um, for women to be dominant in this space and there'll be space for my daughter. So a lot of these a lot of these women that are going out and, and, and braving the, the the treacherous and horrible internet and and feeling brave enough to bare skin or to, to be body positive and to do all those things. Uh, they're actually passively making space for folks that are not even there yet. you know my daughter's six so. Next question from Precautionate. 
The Empyrean Restoration has given players a way to single out the weapons they want and receive a lot of rolls. Raids have a general loot pool where completing encounters feels like picking out of a paper bag with a lot of weapons and armor possibilities. Can raids be formatted to give a level of customized weapon selection given that there is no way to target a weapon in raids? Well, certain things can drop from certain boss fights in the raids, so don't forget that. Um, it's actually not, whoops, it's not that simple. It, it it's every encounter has like a has a loot pool um every every encounter has a loot pool and so but sh- but you can't target you can't like you can't target the hand cannon you can just hope that the hand cannon drops when you're at the hand cannon spot now whenever they did wrath of the machine they gave you some intentionality you could make keys there were two chests you kind of knew what dropped from each chest I think that they could bring back something like that. They could have an armor chest and a weapon chest and an NPC and a currency and keys and give you more intentionality over the pursuit of weapons. So in in that lane, I think I think raids could come forward. I do. I think they I think they could improve significantly with respect to loot pursuit. Aaron what about weapon perk reset? Like, say, perks that are on a current Uriel's are reset and now can't come on that gun. Might make players try out new things with different guns. I don't think you want to start reaching in and messing with, with guns and things like that. I think it'd be better for a self-pruning to happen. Ginger 300 Do you think that we need a universal seasonal mod slot? On one hand, specific slots make current and old armor sets relevant, but it does make inventory management overwhelming. I don't have an answer to this. Armor questions I've been punting on a little bit. I think armor is a pretty significant problem. There's no intentional grind. There's a lot of reasons to, to, to use one set and then you need another set and another set and another set and another set like how many armor sets do you need i don't have good answers to the armor questions shad berserker how do you think they can improve the process of masterworking armor and creating builds i feel like it's too expensive now i don't agree with that it is not that expensive and they've created a pretty good economic structure to get those things needed anytime i've needed to now i'm destiny rich so maybe i'm not the best person to answer this but i feel like they've created pretty good lanes for you to get the currencies needed to masterwork stuff and it's endgame capstone it shouldn't be easy shyhood there have been a growing amount of cheaters in PvP. Many streamers have been catching them. Since we are pretty close to the devs as a community, should we start recording them and sending Bungie info on who the cheaters are? Okay, in general, the best thing to do is to report them and then to use the reporting lanes that are on the Bungie website. Running the Twitter with a, with a, with a video and being like, can you believe this a-hole? There is no real reason to do that. You're just kind of wasting your breath and your time. Uh, there are proper channels to report cheaters. Unfortunately, the Bungie's method of banning is slow and methodical. So they do lots of research and it's sort of painstaking and then they finally pull the trigger on a bunch of people and they ban them. It's not quick. This is why anti-cheat is needed. Anti-cheat is more reactive and more immediate where, hey, this person's running third-party software or uh, you know, and they, they don't even let you boot up the game or you do boot up the game and as soon as the software starts firing, they detect it and they ban you, right? And if they do that enough, you're gonna, it doesn't matter how many accounts you create, you're going to be getting banned too fast to be effective. Now, the next problem would be like DDoSing. Uh, DOSing is, you know, denial of service. They flood your internet with so many packets of information that they knock you offline, and the way that they know how to do this is they get your IP by using third-party software that detects the IPs that they're connected to because it's a peer-to-peer game. Um, 
I, I really think that hopefully they can develop a way to detect folks that have really, really fishy trials cards. Hey, you just won four games in a row and everybody that you played against disconnected. You're in probation. Like, we gotta research your account. This seems really freaking fishy. And you can't play for 24 hours or something, and your your account gets booted to the top of a list of research. I don't know, like, to me, they can run data, they can see what we're doing, there are APIs that can track Empyrean Foundation Fractaline, you know, donations. So why can't they run a report and say, okay, uh, in the last six hours, here are a handful of players, or a lot of players, who won a, a, a pretty good portion of their games, and it was because the other teams got had disconnects. You're in probation. Oh, didn't do anything? Shut the frick up. Come on. You did. You're not going to win three or four or five games in a row and the other teams just keep magically disconnecting. Shut your mouth. Sit in probation while they research your account and ban your cheating butt. Like, seriously. That's not happening. I've I've been playing video games for a really long dadgum time, and I've never ever gone on a win streak where the other teams are just mysteriously disconnecting. Like, we all know what's happening. The question is, can Bungie do that? Can they run a report like that and put somebody in jail? Like, alright, we're not banning you, but something's going on here. Boom. You're, you're, you're in. You can't play Trials right now. The more hurdles and the more headaches you give the cheaters, the less of them there will be. You know, the less of them there will be. I just, I don't know if Bungie has the ability to do that. Because then it's like, well, the DDoSers would play a, they'd play a legit game and then a DOS game and then a legit game and a DOS game. Okay, but now you made it really, really difficult on them. It's like, you made it really, really difficult on them. It's like, they're eventually going to give up. They're going to be like, well, we, we, we did a DOS and now, we're, and now we're trying to play legit and we lost. I'll go back and reset our card. Like, you're going to frustrate them. That, that, would be the, that would be the hope, right? Um, it's a witch hunt to provide evidence of people breaking the rules and ruining the experience for other players. If somebody uses the word witch hunt, I think in general, you don't like to do the go to Twitter, put them on blast thing because that does and can turn into like everybody spamming that person with invites and harassing them. You don't want to become worse than the perpetrators, right? Like here's a DDoS or here's a cheater and you put them on blast on, you know, on Twitter and then everyone harasses them with messages and stuff like don't become the thing that you're fighting against. It, report them through the proper channels and and try to get them banned. Um, so, have you ever reviewed uh, the ban appeals forum? It's hilarious. No, I've never I've never gone and done that. We should do a segment where I read through those. Uh, spicy water. Do you think more people are going to donate instead of invest? Since it's confirmed that there will be no chance to donate, uh, and most people don't want to spend four hours donating. Uh, oh, there'll be no change to how long it takes to donate. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think people are going to continue to save up because they want to see the number go. They want to have a big, big number on their emblem. Niche King, what is the D1 exotic you'd bring back in a heartbeat that isn't in D2? Mine is the Zalo uh, or the Tlaylock. Um, I don't like answering questions like this because I don't. I don't have like a desire to bring back exotics from D1. And I got my two favorites back. I got the Outbreak and the Sleeper. So. I'm not going to answer. <laughs> Vapor. Off topic, that shirt's amazing. Where did you get it? Uh, this is a uh, Punisher shirt that I got from Box Lunch. Um, I'm actually partnered with them, but I'm waiting for a campaign that kind of fits what I do. 
they were doing campaigns uh, periodically where they'll send me stuff and I can wear it on stream and like and like promote it or whatever. So um, I am partnered with them. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna wait a, wait a month or so and maybe have a, a, a better conversation with them about how we could work together because they sell really dope Marvel comic book and video game shirts that I think maybe it'd be easier to send me like a packet of things that I could promote instead of like periodic campaigns. They would have to maybe revamp their their uh, their program in order to accommodate that. But it's really really hard. I have to basically like babysit my email because the campaigns fill up really fast but that's where this Punisher shirt came from I don't own uh, really cool Punisher shirts I have a couple Punisher shirts where it's the logo but not like actual artwork of the Punisher himself uh, Argon Nebula when it comes to the next September expansion and then to D3 how does the campaign need to change from both storytelling and gameplay standpoint to engage the player base more or should Bungie put a lot less focus on the campaign I'm happy with the story elements that we're getting so I don't have a lot of feedback here Sweat uh, sweatpants. Do you think an interactive Twitch chat program would work in Destiny 2 for instance spawning ammo to help the streamer? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I like the idea of like I end sundial and I pop the thing and if I get a god roll I can be like, ooh, this is a good one and I can mark it for distribution and then random people in the chat could get it. I Outside of that because that's really similar to what Borderlands did outside of that I don't know how much I want chat being, you know, being able to do stuff like that. Niche King, would it boost uh, raid activity and player interest to bring back unique exotic versions of the legendary raid weapons that only drop the challenge of the week like the adept versions in D1 to give more reasons to go back? Yeah, we've already answered this. An Age of Triumph, you know, raid thing's probably on the way at some point. Uh, Oki, what do you think we'll actually be getting after level 7? My guess is a trailer or a video. As far as we know, it's unlocking a quest. Um, Gus, is there a weapon type that you think needs some attention either with a new exotic or a new ritual weapon? I want legendary trace rifles. I think trace rifles are awesome. Coldheart uh, is is one of the coolest guns in the game. I think it, people overlook it, but it's actually really, really strong. Great ammo economy. It's very, very adaptable and agile to different combat situations. It's good for basically every enemy type. Uh, I would love more trace rifles. Legendary trace rifles would be awesome. Super Stua. Do you think Bungie could be waiting to give any information about next season until after we hit tier 7? This could be why Dylan's telling us to donate. They seem to like to do their promotional trailers and, and, and all that really, really close to the next season. So I don't know if they're going to rush that. I, they, they don't like to do it too early. That's just been the going, that's been the going status quo. Uh, Codename Villain. Do you Bungie, whoops, do you believe Bungie would lean into another playlist heavy season like season of the drifter like if we got season of the trials i don't think they would do that luke smith seemed to indicate in his director's cut that that season didn't go over very well i don't think anybody's in doubt about why it didn't go over very well so i don't see them doing that i i I really don't so that's a great time to end the question that gives us about an hour um I guess it's about an hour before the Outrider stream that we're going to get to co-stream. So don't go anywhere if you want to watch that Outrider stream. If you've enjoyed this content, the easiest way to support me is to click follow. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.